Hello and welcome to FNG1, the new fan's guide to Formula One and the world of motorsport. I am your co-host Chuck and with me as always is Sean. Hey. Sean, I apologize for how my voice sounds to you and to the listening public. Uh, I'm fighting off whatever's going around that is not COVID these days. You're going for that, that uh, sultry. Yeah. Does it sound voice. sexy? Should I do this all the time? Yeah. Are it's you hitting on me? Every time. Yep. It's okay. I'm cool with that. So we are here after Baku, after the extremely extended weekend of Baku. A lot of racing. Well, there was a lot of racing. You could say racing. There was a lot of stuff going on. I have been lukewarm at best to sprint weekends before, and now they've tried this new format. It's dog shit, and I can't stand it. What are your thoughts on this? I'm going to be completely honest. hate sprint weekends. Do kind of prefer this style of sprint versus the one that sets the grid. Okay. I'd I, I'd rather it be a, a non entity as far as the actual feature. Okay, race good. Goes. Good. That's that's my basic So we're both starting from that position. Yeah. So if they are going to insist on doing this extra race, have it just be a small points race, like a F two Formula Two feature race or a sprint race. Because otherwise I don't want this to exist. No, it's not good. I mean, people complain, they, you know, they say that, oh, people don't want to watch practice. No, I, I'd probably have rather watch practice. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, that doesn't, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, I just adjusted my mic levels. This is all going to sound crazy. I shouldn't have done that mid-recording. Oh, no. You would think I would be better at this by now. <laughs> I just don't touch anything from the second you hit record. I yes, like- that's for the best. In fact, I kind of, I should have just gorilla glued the dials before I sent you that mic. <laughs> <laughs> it's all set fine. Don't touch it. <laughs> how, how to how do you have a toddler record a podcast? All right. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't like the sprint. I I don't like sprints in general. This one, maybe I guess if they had done this a hundred times, and I'm sure they will. Uh, I'll be used to when everything is happening and why everything is happening. But every single thing that I watched, I w- was an utter mystery. M- what exactly, like, why were they racing now? Why were they qualifying now? What was it setting? Uh, if I'm understanding correctly, the first time that they did qualifying was to set the grid for the race. And then the second time was to set the grid for the sprint, which was then later that day. Yeah, Saturday was essentially its own like special. This day. is madness. Why do that? I, I'm sure. Is there a technical reason? You're our expert. No, there's no technical reason. I think this is what F, uh, Formula Two does. So Formula Two does multiple races on a weekend. They do a sprint, and a feature race, and I think that's the way they have it. And I think the the intent is. Use Friday as like a normal Friday, except get ready for Sunday. And then Saturday is just its own little standalone, you know, fun, mini spectacular. I, is, I it, is it? Is it? I mean, spectacular is it all is of those spe- words that you said? It's mini. I'll Look, give you that I'm one. trying to, what was the NBA pitch on doing this in the room? And that's where I'm going. But uh, yeah, it wasn't good. Uh, wouldn't want to do it again. Apparently no one could pass. Uh, only one funny thing happened. I mean, a couple of funny things happen. Who crashed? Oh, yeah. Many Yuki- people crashed, and one car caught on fire of its own volition. Yeah, but I mean, Yuki's Yuki's uh, wheel just rolling down the road was pretty funny. Was that, no, that was objectively funny. Yeah, that was great. That was a sprint race. 
Um, and then him going back out with like the worst <laughs> with the wheel with alignment. the wheels that weren't facing the same direction. Yeah, it's like driving. I'm not Houston. like a car guy, but I could look at that down the down the road from a hundred yards away and tell you that that doesn't look right. Yeah, that's the car you see, and you're like, that one's been in a rear end collision. Like, it's like, well, yeah, it's like that truck that you follow on some random road, and it's you know traveling forward, but the front and wheel rear wheels are not in line with one another. Yeah, that frame is warped. Yeah, and that truck is always from like the 1980s, yep. and it just looks like it got rolled down several hills. I would say the frame's warped, but in 1980, it might have come off the line that way. And Yuki's might have, honestly. It's the Alpha Tori. Who knows? Maybe, in fact, it, it turned out that the, originally that wheel had been put on wrong and just happened to be straight, and this <laughs> one they put on correctly, and it was wrong. I feel bad for that team. They've been doing a lot. They've been doing a lot of not good things. But the team, like, having to try to deal with those two, like, stop. <laughs> Please stop breaking everything. We don't have enough money for this. I can't fix this. <laughs> Yeah, so the sprint weekend was bad. So Yuki's thing was pretty funny. The sprint qualifying was funny just because I think we might have reached peak Charles Leclerc in qualifying. Did he that crash? Was, that's where you had the image of the him in front of the number one placard with no front wing. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was very iconic. <laughs> like absolute king shit. Like, that is absolute Ferrari for the last two years. Um, but yeah, so that, that like he absolute peak moment there where he's like, yeah, I was the fastest, but I thought I should go even faster (laughs) and I messed up like "Ah, whatever. (laughs) So it's what we want to see. And then, and then maybe the, the other funny thing was the post sprint race. I, it all happened. Okay. So understand that with all of the confusion of the sprint race format now sprinkle in the fact that I don't think I watched it all in order. Uh. Okay, so sprint race. This so is when... I'm not sure. You can't just say the thing that happened after okay. the thing because I don't know when you're talking All about. Right, let me explain. Then on the first lap of the sprint race, uh, Georgie boy got a jump on Max and sent it down the inside of Max. And they, they happened to touch in the corner. They which did. caused Max damage. And Max called George a dickhead at the end of the race. Yeah, which is to be expected. Yeah, but that was really funny. And yes, it was, it was really good. funny because like Max could not let that go. <laughs> well, and if I was to t- pick two dudes on the grid that I think would lo- would put on the most comical, ineffectual fist fighting, it might be those two. Um. Wow. Oh. That sounds like a big disagree. No, I'm thinking. I mean, Max would be a lot of rage, but I'm not convinced. He yeah, can but fight. rage does not. Do yeah, that. I, I, he would I, also. I, he would. Max would fight like one of those 1930s boxers that puts like one fist way, way out front, and then the other one right in front of their face. <laughs> He's just like, and then George is obviously probably slapping. <laughs> yeah, probably so. And then, like, using the most British terms, like, come here, you little crumpet. Like, I mean. Yeah. Whereas, you know, like, Fernando Alonso will have already broken off a bottle and jabbed yeah. it in someone's He's gonna eye. He's going to stab somebody. Yes. Yeah, so that was good. That was, So one of the things I did enjoy about that was that that happened on, like, the third turn of the sprint race oh, yeah. or something, right? right? It was very, very early. And... 
you know, it's all fine. Except that his Red Bull, I didn't realize it. The, the chunk that was missing from the side of his car was bigger than I realized. It only had a pretty good hole. Yeah. It was like a two foot long gash yeah. of just missing body work. Yeah, he was probably, I think he was probably still somewhat lucky that it was on the body work and not on the floor of that car. Yes. Had it been sure. on the floor of that car, he would have lost quite a bit more. But And physics wise, I don't know how the damage happened up there. I mean, I, that oh, doesn't make there? sense to me. I think that part was sticking out. So if you had the edge of the wheel come in, that's it happened to just catch that. And I'm sure if, if it made even a slight puncture, it just kind of, you know, just sheared it. Yeah, right? it just fractures off. Yeah. So what we then found out by the end of that race is that in order it goes Red Bull car and then a a, a decent but not staggering gap Ferrari only car. 10 laps. Ferrari car... Driven then, likely at, uh, by a madman on the weekend. And, and then a fraction of a second, and then a Red Bull car with a huge chunk missing out of it. Yeah. And then a big gap, and then yeah. Mercedes somewhere. Because with all of his aerodynamics completely fucked, he absolutely dumped George Russell immediately. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't... <laughs> That that Mercedes car that Mercedes car couldn't pass like a power wheels at this point like no. Although he did pick up fastest lap in the Grand Prix, he did, but he Georgie also pitted Porgy. on the second last to last lap. Actually, the new nickname is Princess George. <laughs> okay, I'll allow it. This is uh, Max. Max elaborate. Ca- Max called him Princess George in one of the interviews post collision. Oh, I sprint. love that so much. He, Max was so mad. My guy is so perfect. He was so mad. Yes, it's beautiful. I think we have to discuss something here, though, because Max's tenor the whole weekend Mm -hmm. has been pretty negative talk. Max sounds about like me when somebody sends me a shitty email and then I hop on LinkedIn to look for new jobs. (laughs) Oh, you think he's leaving? (laughs) No, he's talking about like, is Formula being a Formula One driver? It's a good life, but is it really a good life? And just all this like way too deep stuff and I'm like Ma- max are you okay max is deep in his feelings he's, he's been listening to a lot of like i think the man won two championships and-, and like Checo's annoying him right now and <laughs> i think he wants to talk to anybody else what would he do though i think he'd go drive other cars he'd probably be back be back what to f1 if he left early he'd do it for like him, eventually though. you mean yeah my, so you my think basic he'd go thought is do I don't world rally cross for a while and then I, come no, back. No, I think he'd do world endurance. He wants to race in like Lamont with his dad. Oh God! So I could see him. I don't think it'll happen anytime soon because he's kind of said, "I'll be here through 2028 because it's my contract." And then who knows? So he'll probably stick around. That seems like a perfectly to... reasonable thing to say, though. No, I know. Who knows? But he's being really weird <laughs> the whole weekend. He was just pissed off about everything. Well, yeah, he was having a shit weekend. I get it. He was having, oh yeah, he uh, qualified second, and then well, third. For him, for him, you know, his expectations on himself at this point are nothing but perfection. Man, this is the Urban Meyer when it, when it's not about winning anymore; it's about not losing. Oh, interesting comparison. Yeah. So next okay. thing we know, he's going to fake a heart attack and switch over to like, I don't know, Haas. <laughs> So, since we're flirting around with it, we might as well address the fact that Checo owned him the entire weekend. Yeah, Checo did pretty good the whole weekend. Yeah, I mean, Checo he didn't was get either Max. pole because Leclerc was driving like his hair was on fire. Um, 
Yeah, I'm not sure how we even qualify that anymore. We can get back to that, but yeah. No, Checo was really good all weekend. I mean, the car's a rocket ship. The car's a rocket ship. He had the good fortune to never take any substantial damage. And yeah, he did. Uh, it wasn't a great way for Horner to put, put it on the radio, but he did get lucky on that safety car in that, you know, whether or not it happened, they didn't know. So they had to pit Max and he lost track position. You know, it did work out well for Checo. And then he capitalized on that. Yeah, he just didn't let Max get close. Yeah. Which which actually seems like, you know, that's Checo. That's two good races. He's qualified well, qualified in pole in Jetta. He won in Jetta. And then I looked back. He won in Jetta last or He qualified a pole last year and was faster than Max all weekend. And there was another race early in the season where he looked a lot. Like, it seems like maybe Checo's got something special going. And then I was kind of noticing, like, last year he started incredibly strong. And then just... Got yeah, he just disappeared. Now, it's funny for me. It's a hysterical outcome here is that Checo stays really close. Mm-hmm. Because I like, by the way, I like that a continuing theme of this season is that every episode we either say that Checo is staying really close or Checo's done and we alternate every episode. It's, we don't, <laughs> we don't be a goldfish, man. Don't remember the, <laughs> the last 10 minutes. I mean, the last episode was a month ago, so I am. I don't to, remember what even I happened. can tell you. I have forgotten every single thing that Ooh, we said. No, I remember that episode. I don't want to talk about that race. <laughs> oh no, I think it's, it'll be hysterical. If Checo stays close, the longer Checo stays close, the more chance for something absolutely hilarious to happen in Red Bull. As we've said before, the longer Checo stays close this season, the more that all of the viewers are winners. Yes, because outside of, hey, there's actually two cars competing to win, not like one car winning and one car not winning, but still coming in second by a mile, becomes one car crashes into the other or one driver hits the other driver. I was so sure at the end of this Grand Prix that Max was going to catch Sergio and they were going to wreck each other out of that race. I just Uh had like a vision that that was going to happen. It felt right this week, right? Yeah. Like the, this was all of the correct ingredients for that little stew. I don't think it's quite there. I think what we need, we need a Checo to go elbows out into turn one. If we can get a race, so we need che- the two of them on the on the front row together. Yeah, we need a we need a Nico Rosberg, Lewis Hamilton. One of them hits the other, and they both crash out of a race. That's the that's the sweet spot. If we can get, or if we can get Checo putting Max off the track, I don't think Max will be able to control himself. This new, like, kind of an improved, nice Max from the last couple of years, I think that would be out the window. I think but, I think nice is maybe be doing a lot of work there. I think uh, maybe just calmer, tolerant. Yeah, I I think more just he wouldn't he didn't fly off the handle as much. That's not true. I don't think he was being nice. I was gonna say. <laughs> He hasn't knocked anybody off the track this year, but that's not true. The one time Lewis Hamilton got close to him last year, he took him right off the track. <laughs> well, like, that's his fault for being Lewis Hamilton. Man, cannot stand Lewis Hamilton. So tell me about Ferrari and Leclerc. I don't even know what we do to qualify this at that point. Or I guess that was a pun I didn't intend for. But like, I don't know how to characterize Leclerc in qualifying situations. Very good is how I would characterize it. It's just... It. He's he's always been a phenomenal qualifier. I mean, he's good at it. He's like absurdly good at it. But it's 
I, I understand that maybe Max didn't take as many chances as he could. He doesn't need to. But Checo's definitely trying and qualifying. And it makes Max oh, for try sure. a little harder. And Leclerc, I mean, he was solidly on pole Saturday morning by like yes. two and a half tenths. And I'm like, you can see in the race that car is not two and a half tenths closer than the red or quicker than the Red Bull. Yeah, that's true. I, I feel like in qualifying, I used to be much more tense about qualifying. And I know that a lot of it was in the previous iteration of these cars when following closely was very difficult because of the aerodynamics wash. And and so, like, if you didn't qualify ahead of the car that was your rival at the moment, your odds of ever getting past them were much, much lower. But now I'm so zen about qualifying because, frankly, with this car, it doesn't matter <laughs> where... It does I mean, matter. For, qualify uh, in the top six and we'll make it work. I think it qual- it does matter for about 90% of the field. Oh, no. I, I'm saying this as a Red Bull fan. Yeah. Obviously, for everyone else, it's very tense still. But I'm kind of like, eh, we didn't get it. We'll get them on lap four. I do think... <laughs> We need to consider the fact that the FIA has absolutely screwed up this car, though. What do you mean? The FIA screwed up? Yeah. Whose so car? Between last season and this season, the entire grid. Between last season and this season, they did the mandatory floor raise because Total Wolf kept whining about the cars. Right. No one can pass anybody else. I Red Bull passes people all the time. That, yeah, that's really the only one. But basically, they designed these entire regulations to hopefully, hopefully not need DRS anymore. That was the idea, that cars could follow and pass. Aside from the Red Bull, nobody can pass. I The only exception I'll throw out there is Alonzo. He Even is re- then, regularly passing people, but I think it's also because he's a crafty dickhead. I mean, like, okay, he caught signs out in the, um, the race, but, like, Lewis was stuck behind signs for... 35 laps yeah like and the mercedes is bad but it's not like anywhere else in the field there's any passing going on so what's the solution bring the floor back down uh, i mean i'm not the the aerodynamic engineer for the regulations but you yeah. are as close as this podcast has to one <laughs> i was gonna say that i mean they they need to revisit it because just they designed this entire car to have these you know ground effects aerodynamics or the floor and last year we had a lot more action and it was like, oh, okay, maybe we don't need DRS because you can actually set up passes and make them. And then they change the floor and basically largely neglect what's going on there. Okay. Or not neglect, but negate. Sorry. This is thing. interesting because I hadn't considered all of these things because it doesn't affect me right now this year. No, your car is super fast. I, I, I think that may come in a little bit because it's I. It's somewhat identified at least what about the Red Bull DRS is faster, the shape of the wing. And as teams start rolling out updates, I wouldn't be shocked to see several of the teams come with wing profiles that allow the DRS to have that kind of advantage. Okay. Right, because DRS provides basically, a, a it changes, there's a maximum allowed of gap that you can open between the wing elements. But there's something about how the Red Bull's wing elements are when they open that are more aerodynamically efficient or, or really less draggy, even with the same gap. So how they profile those wing elements when they go into plane like that to open up, it changes it. It's something you can see visually. 
So to copy it isn't a lot. It's not like the floor where you have to wait for somebody to crash and the car to have to be craned out and you get photos underneath. Right. So yeah, I think it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if other people copy it. And as of yet, I mean, some, there were some upgrades. Mercedes started rolling some out. Aston's been bringing some. Red Bull brought some. Ferrari hadn't brought any. Don't fully know why. They said because they didn't have enough practice sessions, but, uh, so it, it'll be interesting <laughs> over the next few races. Okay, cool. Uh, tell me about the rest of the teams. Um, dude, I don't really know what happened. Aston Martin well, was kind of solid. I know that Pierre Gasly had a real shit weekend. Oh, just, just wall to wall. I, but I love that his car was like rolled off of the track four different times for four completely different reasons. Yeah. That team is not doing well. No, they're not. And they had so much potential. I felt like remember last race when they were like well into the points and they both crashed. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. Something's wrong because Gasly's in that Alonzo car from last year. Right. Please just leave him behind a trail of curse. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Alonzo had a bunch of, stuff like chewing gum stuck to the seat and stuff <laughs> he's babysitting lance stroll now yeah isn't that cute they're kind of look okay we've talked about stroll and alonzo this season and particularly alonzo being on his best behavior and yes we made the comment that well his driving teammate is also the owner of the team's son, so you got to be on your best behavior and blah, blah, blah. But he's like going out of his way and being super nice about a lot of stuff. Things are super good when it looks like you might win. I mean, he was it, like when Lance was like, I'd tell Alonzo I'm not going to pass him. I'm not going to attack. Yeah. And then Alonzo was like, tell him if he wants to, to go for it. You know, it's fine. But also, I think we're good. That was more of a, I think that was more of, we will go ahead and establish or, or reestablish who is the alpha dog here if he wants to try that. <laughs> well, I think it's easy to tell who's the alpha dog when you just look at what position the cars are literally always in, which is always Alonzo ahead of him. And there's that, that infantilizing moment when he's like, give him these brake settings. Yeah, but still, I don't know. That seems helpful. No, it's helpful, but it also definitely says, like, I'm in charge here. I mean, I, I that's one way to read it. It's certainly, if you listen to the actual way he said it. Oh, he's trying like, to help him. It's like, oh. No, no, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying it was mean. To me, it strikes it me more as, uh, I see an opportunity here. Like, I figured out what the brake balance is that is working great for this car in this track right now, and I see an opportunity for us to score more points as a team. I Let him know. I think the best part about giving those settings is Lance immediately almost launched it into the wall. Did he? I'm going to be honest with you. I it lost was, track of Stroll. It was week. maybe the, later the next lap after he gives him the settings, and he takes that last corner and basically like screws up the braking. So the question is, did he actually listen, though? I, it depends, but it was still really funny. <laughs> Here, do these settings, and then Lance launches the car straight into the wall because he can't handle the new settings. Hey, what happened to Terry Bodas? How come he's always at the end of the track now? Hey, he's not good. I don't know. That's, whoa, car's whoa, not good. whoa, wait. Now, the words just slipped out there. He's you not said not he's not good. good. He's not that good, and the car is very not good. 
The I had no idea where. I forgot Zogan Yu existed, so I have no idea where he finished. Uh, you know, seventeenth or something. I don't. Yeah, know. I mean, the car was not is not very good. Who knows? Maybe they're packing up, getting ready for the Audi deal. So. Oh wait, Guan Yu didn't finish. I don't remember why. Oh, they just parked his car. Why? Was, I don't know. I just. I mean, I'm going to be honest. The first time I watched the race, I got the lap 27. I was like. It doesn't feel like anything's going to happen here. And I skipped ahead a couple laps. I was like, this is exactly the same. And I went ahead like five more laps. I was like, this is exactly the same. And then I got near the end. I was like, this is how it finishes. And then I backed up and just kind of let it play in the background. Okay. Nothing happened from like <laughs> lap 25 until the end of the race. This feels like the Ferrari fan checking out. No, it just nothing happened. Well, I mean, I got to, I got to go back and relive like, can Leclerc manage this gap or will the tires fade completely around lap 40? And then it's like, nope, he just managed the gap. Like nothing happened here. And somehow signs never got passed by Hamilton, which is a borderline miracle. But And I don't feel like they followed that battle much. Because it was Lewis is within half a second and then they get on the straight and be like, well, he's not going to pass him. Signs could have done that all day. It's just the car is shit. The yeah, Mercedes. The, the Ferrari has enough power to keep that Mercedes behind it. And the Mercedes yeah. is just too draggy. Maybe gotcha. if they'd had the longer DRS from last year, DRS section from last year, they could have passed him, but it didn't really seem like he was ever going to get it done. When do you think Mercedes is going to show up with a car that looks like the Red Bull? I mean, they're bringing parts already. So they basically said that they're going to slowly roll in parts as they change this concept. But I, I think over the next few races, it's going to start looking quite a bit different. Okay. When they change the side pods will be the exciting one. I think if you mean what looks like the Red Bull, but they're already rolling in parts to kind of move the concept. It's not really in one race. We're going to go from this looking car to that looking car. They're transitioning the whole package over. And Bach gotcha. is a little weird because it's got that front straight. That's like a mile and a half long. So it is very, very long. So they're all running like these super flat wings like they do at Monza rather than actual like aero packages. Okay. Uh, so who is your driver of the week? I'm kind of between two. Okay. One's a really Homer pick. Uh-huh. And the other is because he won both races. Okay. So your two picks are my two picks. Why don't you take one of them and I'll just take the other? Well, one. then I'm going to take Leclerc. Okay. Because that he, was actually going to be my pick. Because Leclerc. Oh, I can take Checo. Here, why don't we do this? This will be a big turn for the podcast. I'll take Checo because he managed to win... Both races on a weekend, which sounds weird to say. Um, and in a straight fight, did seem to beat Max. Again. And that's the second time out of four races. Because yeah. he beat him in... Well, no, not really. Because I forgot. Jetta, Max started in 15th and came in second. Right. But he did hold him from catching up. But um, I think pretty much won in the race... We did actually, the only plus side about this race is we actually got to see the Red Bulls really pretty close to full pace because they were racing each other. Mm -hmm. um, so at least we know that when they really are trying, they're about 16 seconds faster than the Ferrari over a race. So we have a target to work towards. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I'll, take, I'll go ahead and take Checo. The one thing that I, when I said I waffled, he didn't win qualifying in two races. And given how dominant the car is and kind of like that, you know, he's the king of the streets mentality. I would have hoped he had put it P1 for one of those. And on that note, that's why I'm taking Leclerc. I mean, the guy is good at qualifying, but he smoked those laps both 
like Q3s, I mean, he was just driving like an absolute laser. I So it, when you said earlier, like qualifying doesn't stress you out because it doesn't really matter for the Red Bull car. Qualifying still stresses me out because it matters for the Ferrari, but it's almost like this is the one time of the week I'm about to see something absolutely special happen. And <laughs> this it, is the one time when it could be pure good vibes. And it's not, and it's not like it's not gotten where every few races, like I see this, I, I, I'm getting where I expect it now. Like he is about to do something wild compared to what we think that car should do. Right. I mean, in the main qualifying, he was over eight tenths ahead of his teammate. Yeah, I mean that's absolutely bodying somebody on a track. So yeah, I I, I, I like your pick. I think that's why. And not just the qualifying though. Oh I no! I mean, in the races, so in the Grand Prix, I mean the truth is that on that long a timeline, the length of a full Grand Prix, right now as it stands, none of the cars are going to keep up with the Red Bull, including the Ferrari. Mm-hmm. So you know, finishing third behind the Red Bulls isn't that isn't like some bad thing that happened. It is a fact of life right now until things change with upgrades and whatever else. Yeah, that's finishing one at the moment. Right. (laughs) And so in the meantime, I mean, Fernando Alonso has been on an absolute tear this season. Yeah. And it was not like he was just fighting Alonso to the teeth, to the bitter end to stay ahead of him. He was managing that race correctly to where... You know, he didn't he didn't just totally leave Alonzo because that wasn't going to happen, but he did not have to, you know, use every bit of racecraft just fighting tooth and nail to keep that position. Right. He kept it and it was his without question. Did the whole you time. did you hear the cool down room when the guys, the drivers were talking the top three? Uh-uh. Max was asking Leclerc how he was going so fast at the end. Oh, nice. Because he was going as fast as the Red Bulls for like the last 10 laps. And he was basically like. Yeah, we decided that we couldn't race you. So once y'all passed, I let him go and then saved it for the end. Right. And was able to bring the pace, which is, I hate to be like, I'm looking for any beam of sunshine. That's positive for the Ferrari that the tires did not fall completely off a cliff. Like, right. <laughs> that's how rough it is at the moment. That, that's, but, uh, that feels like progress. But And um, then in the sprint, I mean, Leclerc uh, against a damaged Red Bull held Max Verstappen off for the yeah. whole race. Yeah. Well, the whole race being like 10 racing laps. Right. I mean, you know, it's the that's part of the point of the sprint is that things like tire strategy change and become more or less important depending on how you did it. Right. And so, but, you know, credit where it's due. He held him off. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate your pick. <laughs> oh, I, one fun fact I wanted to point out from the race you were talking about. We were talking about teammates and things like that. Leclerc was 21 seconds behind Checo. Uh huh. Signs was twenty five behind Leclerc. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, big gaps in these numbers. Just scrolling through the results this weekend. I mean, Russell had Russell had enough space tonight that he was able to pit, take on tires, do the fastest lap, and still finish in eighth. Yeah, there was a big gap between Mercedes and McLaren until the very end, where. Russell went ahead and pitted to set that fastest lap and steal that point. Yeah. But I had to point out the signs thing because as much as I uh, ragged on Checo last year for getting beat by Max, he's he had decent in Australia that didn't count for anything. But 
Yeah, that's that's rough. Yeah, not great. Uh, do you have a current update on who you would take over signs if they were to go searching for a new driver too? Max for stuff. <laughs> no, um, no. Sergio Perez. No, off that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Sergio. There's a big twist. Um, that no. would be weird. <laughs> not off. Not off the top. If we want to go into the full scale internet meltdown, no, Lewis I Hamilton. Don't think we need to do Lewis that. Hamilton when he leaves Mercedes at the end of the year, which would be super interesting. I think it would, it would just be, be super interesting. I, the biggest reason I'd want it because I don't necessarily think from having it from a team building point of view, but having Lewis, ex, his experience of you know the last well I guess ten years and when eight of them he was dominant, mm-hmm. bringing that over to a team that really needs to work on their car I think would be useful. Yeah, that's true. What what's your fantasy? status i know that i'm gonna be honest it was emotional hedging right so i was trying to jinx everybody else yeah you you went and picked up all of the uh the same teams everyone else aren't you running red bull and aston martin now basically i should probably change that because you can't win by by doing the exact same thing that everyone else does no because i got mad i didn't want i didn't want leclerc on the team because i didn't want to curse him yeah, well, you know, in and in that sense, it's worked actually. Well, I have Nico Hulkenberg and Valtteri Bottas, so I think I've done them in. <laughs> yeah, you've you've buried Bottas forever, and then George, he's fine. Fernando and Verstappen. I'm I'm still running in third, but I'm running the same team as the guys that are ahead of me, and I don't know how to, you know, fix that. So, whatever. Uh, do we have any? Ethanon updates as of this weekend. I'm going to be honest. I, well, the Lance Stroll super or the Lawrence Stroll super plan. Nothing happened in the race. Who did Pierre Gasly piss off? Who uh, was he working for? I don't know. Pierre Gasly has been on a pretty solid, like 18 month run at this point. So I'm not sure <laughs> of what, of, of just not being the guy we thought he was two years ago. Yeah, that does seem to be the case. Yeah. I'm not sure we have any Ethanon here. We may have to cut this segment from the edit. The Ethanon was uh, denied entry to Azerbaijan by strict customs. Oh, interesting. Yes. So Lawrence Stroll wasn't there? No. (laughs) Yes, it does not apply in, I don't know what part of the world that really is. Middle East, Southern Mm -hmm. Russia, Middle East kind of. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, I had that new bit. Where I was asking you to, I was giving you a situation and asking you to pick which driver you wanted in your group. And I'm going to play off of, now I'm remembering something that we did do last uh, episode. So I'm going to continue on with that. Um, You are running a D&D game, Dungeons and Dragons, and you need a fourth player. Which driver are you asking to join your adventuring party? Huh. Well, having not played, this will be interesting because I'm yes, trying to think of the personality traits I need out of this. I think Lewis Hamilton would take it really, really seriously. I think Lewis Hamilton would be, it would be nice in that he wouldn't make fun of it. He would be polite about the whole thing and think, game to try it. He, I think he would sincerely like it. Or at least it would seem sincere. Yes, it would seem sincere, and then I have a feeling that he would go, okay, I'm done with that. Max would be like, this is dumb, and would go like hop on his 
Max would absolutely not join. I'm not playing this <laughs> if game. If asked, he's not going to do that. Um, I feel like Charles might play. Charles would probably play. He just seems like he would. Yeah, sure, I'll play the game. He's, um, let's see who else. There is a there is a correct answer here. Uh, now I'm trying to run through all the teams. The answer is Yuki. Yeah, that was kind of who I was getting to. Yuki, I he mean, pr- Yuki seems like he would like. He'd be like, oh, I don't know how this works and would know all the rules. Oh, no, it would be absolutely chaotic and he would totally fuck everything (laughs) up. But he would absolutely be down to do it. And he would be the one that would want to keep hanging out longer than everybody wanted to. (laughs) Like, let's do this again. And be like, you just got us all killed. (laughs) Like, we're all dead and this was your fault. Yeah, no, we'll do better next time. Yeah. Be super enthusiastic about it. Okay, our next race is in Miami, correct? Yeah, in like five days. Yeah, we're recording this episode a little late, so it's coming up real quick. The next, I, I'm going to be honest, I was actually considering do we do combined episodes because we've got five races in six weekends. Do we? I thought we had another like week, two no. week gap or something. No, it's, let me see, the calendar, we got Miami. Yeah, we got two and weeks then a after week Miami. off. Yeah, a week off and then uh, Imola. And then Monaco, and then Spain, back to back to back. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> we we got our four week uh, break on. We're good. I forgot how to set the mic up, man. <laughs> you never knew. That's true. <laughs> Every week's just random audio. Uh, what interesting can we be looking for in Miami? Uh, they're like resurfacing that entire track. So any thoughts we have about tires will be out the window. Um, now, it's my understanding that they basically build that track new every time they do it, don't they? Yeah. Um, like parts of it? set it up. Yeah, they set up part of it new, but I think there was a big focus on changing the surface because last year there were some real issues with tires, egg, and stuff they wanted to address. And the drivers really complained about it. Um, I think in a shocker, I would look for Red Bull to dominate the race. Any reason in particular other than you the know, car is I fast? Just, I just feel like they have a good car. <laughs> <laughs> I have to give something I have to Red Bull fans because I'm getting I'm getting a little bit of Alabama fan base vibe from y'all. Oh, yeah. No, we're absolutely being that. Yeah, and I need to do this because it's something I, I work with my older daughter on. And that's if I tell your sister that she did something good or did something well, that doesn't mean I don't think your car is special, too. <laughs> So if I say, like, Leclerc had a great race, or Alonzo looked really good, that doesn't mean that your car is not the fastest car that's That is a real Al- Alabama fan thing, isn't it? It is. And, I, and I've seen that now. Now that like, you're saying that, I'm like, oh, that is true. They do do that. Oh, great sprint race. And they're like, yeah, but the, the Red Bull was faster. And it's like, yes, definitely the Red Bull was faster. This was not a shock. Hey, I'm just saying, Leclerc was my driver of the week. No, I know. You're not the one that's, that's done it. I've just seen it a few times this year, and I'm just going to point out that, yes, your car is the fastest. I don't think I'm even going to acknowledge it at this point. Like, <laughs> the only time we'll talk about it again is if somebody beats it. Aside, I still have this slight outside hope. It's diminishing every week that eventually, as these teams build up the concepts and as Red Bull has to kind of really manage kind of what breadcrumbs they get towards the end of the year as far as development. Somebody's going to catch them and beat them in a straight fight. I'm not saying it's going to be enough to catch them in the points at all or even do multiple times, but I think they're going to end up losing a race somewhere in there. Like, oh, outright. for sure. 
Like outright, yeah. Like, okay, somebody's caught up. I mean, Mercedes caught up last year. We saw even in the dominant Mercedes years, I think we saw really going into 2021, it was the end of 2020 that Mercedes was so far out ahead, but Max was able to kind of reel them in late. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, there's hope there, but yeah, not much is going to happen. Miami, I expect the same thing. It'll be a bloodbath. Well, cool. Well, I think then we're going to call it because yeah, so. we're going to be back next week after Miami. Um, thanks everyone for listening. Please give us a review on iTunes or whatever you listen to this on. Uh, thanks to RCBO5 for our artwork. Thank you to Chris King for our intro music. The song is Cat Mountain Drive off the album Gold Poles. Uh, And we will see everyone again next week. See you later. Thanks. Thanks.